May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over, a new one just begun. Having preached on Christmas number ones at Christmas itself, it seems right at the end of this Christmas season to be thinking about the same thing. Because here we are, we've journeyed through these 40-ish days of Christmas and Epiphany. This time of Epiphany, this time of revelations, of revealing who Jesus is, that Jesus is the Messiah. We heard it in today's first reading for the prophet Micah, a prophecy, a prophecy of presentation in the temple. We heard Simeon prophesying himself effectively who Jesus is, revealing it being revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Messiah, him realising the Messiah was present and then he, him declaring it to those around him and I suspect to anyone who'd listen and possibly those who wouldn't listen either. They'd wonder, what's this strange old guy on about? Yeah, what, what is he on about? Okay, wow, that's interesting. Jesus, Messiah, fully God, And fully man. God made man. Emmanuel. And we hear Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple. In accordance with the Jewish law. Jesus is fully God. But still. Mary and Joseph are faithful to the Jewish laws in their response to his birth. Not because, well, he's God, so actually the humanity don't matter. We can just get on with whatever we want. No. Still, those traditions, those rules needed to be fulfilled. They were faithful. In spite of, or maybe because of, Jesus' divinity. They were faithful to what was needed for his humanity. We hear about Simeon and Anna. Simeon, who'd heard from the Holy Spirit that he would see the Messiah. Didn't know when. He just told it had happened before he died. He's old. He's been waiting, waiting, waiting. Maybe singing, why are we waiting in his sleep even? Wondering, will it ever happen? And then Anna. In the temple night and day, praying, praying, praying to God. For years, They had been faithful. They'd been faithful in their waiting, in their prayers. There's a theme developing really here, isn't there? That faithfulness, the faithfulness of Mary and Joseph. The faithfulness of Simeon in his waiting. The faithfulness of Anna in her prayer. There they were. They were in the temple because they knew God was doing something, was going to do something, didn't know when, but they're waiting expectantly, confident, certain this was going to happen. And then it does. It's amazing. Hallelujah. And Simeon's response, 
Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For those of you who grew up going to Evensong. The other translations I struggle with. If I try to say the whole of the nunc in old language, I will fail, I admit. But Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. My eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. I did it! Way! <laughs> yeah. Now we'll find the Welsh prayer books changed the words slightly, no doubt. Lord, let, my, let this your servant depart in peace according to your words. I've done my bit. It's a passing on the baton. I've been faithful. Now it's over to you. Now it's over to us. That faithfulness of this light of Christ being passed on from generation to generation to generation to generation. It made me think, actually, what is the purpose of church or who is church for? Is it for us who are here? Is it, as I think it was Archbishop William Temple said, the only organisation which exists for those who are not its members? Or is it for God? Just occasionally I've heard an account of faithful Christians, faithful worshippers, faithful church attendees, just wanting the church to be there for them in the way that they've always done it, always used to. It's almost, but not generally saying... As long as it sees me out, it don't matter. As long as the church is there for me to have my funeral there, well, I'm not really bothered after that. Very different to Simeon's response. Actually, look, I've done my bit. It's over to you. Not I've done my bit, I don't care now. I've done my bit, I'm declaring who the Messiah is. Now you go and do that too. And I'm reminded of us. A wonderful story, it's probably not true. It's one of those best stories of someone goes up to the vicar at the end of the service and says, thank you, I didn't enjoy that service at all. That's a nice thing to say, isn't it? I didn't enjoy that service at all. The response that came back, it's all right, we weren't here to be worshipping you. We're here to be worshipping God. Who is church for? Is it just to tick the boxes of how we like doing things. Actually, if we hate everything about church, probably there's something, some big questions to ask. Is it just to draw loads of new people in so they can have a whale of a time? Much as that would be wonderful and needs to be done to reach out. Or is it first and foremost about worshipping Almighty God? And we see that, don't we, in this gospel passage with Simeon and with Anna. And in fact, with Mary and Joseph. We've got Mary and Joseph, people coming in, bringing the new child, their faithfulness. Mary petrified, no doubt, what all this meant, let alone what, what she'll have been thinking after hearing Simeon. A sword will pierce your own soul too. Not what a new mother really wants to hear about her child. We've got Simeon who's been there for ages, waiting for God's word. Waiting for God to reveal in real life the Messiah. 
We've got Anna, faithful in prayer. We've got Simeon wanting to pass on the faith to those coming after him. We've got Anna worshipping God. We've got Mary and Joseph bringing the new Jesus in. We've got these three things, haven't we? Others coming in, church for others. Us, church for us. And we've got for God, that worship of God. The church, not just for those here, but for others too. And to be passed on. A light to enlighten the Gentiles. Not a light to enlighten those who are already here. A light to enlighten those who have not heard the gospel. Who do not know Jesus. Who live in just uncertainty. Not unbelief. They don't know him. There's not unbelief really. They've not had a chance to discover. It's like the Ethiopian eunuch. Do you understand this? How can I if no one's told me? Those who have not yet heard, who have not yet discovered. But in all honesty, you're probably desperate to hear if only they had the chance. Maybe that's something with Simeon as well, his crazy declaration of this is the Messiah. If people had just wandered in for, because it was a bit warmer in there, unlike in St Gladys's at the moment, four degrees this morning when I went in, or wandered in for shelter, just, oh, let's have a look around. Then they suddenly hear this prophecy. What's all that about? Who is this child? What's going on? Maybe I want to hear something about that for myself. That discovery, that exploration. Who is Jesus? And so we've got people coming in. Mary and Joseph and Jesus, faithful to God's commands. We've got Simeon faithfully waiting, desperate to pass on the baton. We've got Anna faithful in prayer, praying to God, worshipping God night and day. Those three things going on. Passing on the faith welcoming others in and remembering that God is at the centre of it and offering prayers and thanks to God. And so I'd like to end this sermon with an image that came to mind as I was contemplating all of this yesterday. <coughs> an image of faithful Christians, faithful custodians of the faith and of our buildings, But not just looking after the buildings, but faithful evangelists, desperate to tell others about Jesus, to help other people to discover for themselves, desperate to welcome others in. Willingly, joyfully looking after the faith, willingly, joyfully, desperate to pass on things to those coming after them. Pass on the faith, also pass on the responsibility for different things. Not, I've done this for a million years. I'm going to do it forever. Actually, it's time to be passed on to someone else. An image of faithful Christians holding on to the faith and passing it on. Almost like, you know, with, when you're getting towards the Olympics, the, the Olympic flame moving around all the places and being passed on from time, place to place. 
almost an image like that. The faith going on, lighting other people's lives, lighting other people's lives, illuminating the dark places and the church of Jesus Christ growing, spreading. And those who have not yet heard, hearing, discovering, exploring, rejoicing. And so as we journey through that, passing on the faith to others, we'll probably then get the chance to pray for ourselves, won't we? Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to enlighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people, Israel. May we pass on the faith. May we let the church thrive in this generation and generations to come. May we rejoice that it goes in other directions with new people, with new energy. As the church carries on, as it's done for the last 2,000 years. May the light of Christ come into this place, this church, this community, this diocese, this country, this land this world. May the light of Christ illuminate all people, all situations. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.